0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with James Rapine. Today, we talk to Cincinnati Bengals Director of Content, Seth Tanner. We're going to talk about the game day experience and what fans can expect coming up in the 2021 season when they're hopefully back in Paul Brown Stadium. And Seth is an energetic guy, really enjoyed talking with him. But man, is he tight-lipped, huh, James? He wouldn't give us many secrets.
2: Not many, but we got a, a couple out of them. Make sure you, you stay tuned for that interview. And we uh, we asked him the really tough questions up front. And he he did a good job of answering, you know, our, our, our really, really tough question that we started with.
1: I mean, you really came out of the gates hot. I'm surprised he didn't just hang up on us at that point, but we, we we struggled through it. We got there. We had a good time with Seth, so stay tuned for that. Before we get there, a couple of Raiders potentially on the move, both on the offensive line, and whenever an offensive lineman becomes available, James, my Twitter mentions become flooded to some degree, depending on the quality of the player. With Does this guy make sense for the Bengals? How about this guy? What about this guy? And today it's two guys from the, the – Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals also re signed a couple players. Let's start there. Clark Harris, his magnificent hair and very fan friendly personality, will be back for the Cincinnati Bengals at Long Snapper. He told Paul Daner Jr. he wants to be the oldest player ever to play in the NFL, which means he really needs Tom Brady to retire. He's actually behind another Long Snapper, we learned today. But I'm actually really glad Clark Harris is back. He's consistent. He's everything you need your long snapper to be. And by all accounts, he's a really good guy.
2: Absolutely. I think it was uh, obviously something that as long as he wanted to be back, the Bengals were interested in bringing him back. He's still playing at a really high level. And heck, he's fun. He's funny. And the thing I love about Clark Harris the most, and this is when fans were at camp and, and really outside of 2020 when there weren't many fans in the stands, he was always throwing with a kid back and forth during warm-ups. He would always try to find a kid and then throw the football with him. And I don't know about you, but when I was eight or nine and, and going to Bengals games, if that would have happened to me, I don't care who I was throwing with, right? I, and I'm not going to pretend like I knew the long snapper of the Bengals when I was a kid, but that would have been just such an unforgettable experience. And he made it routine to do that each and every game day at Paul Brown Stadium. I've only been
1: to one Bengals training camp practice that was open to the fans on the training camp field, maybe two. And I remember seeing the exact same thing when I was there, Clark Harris, talking to the the kids and the fans that were out there making jokes with people, having a generally good time. I'm a big Clark Harris fan, James, and I'm not afraid to say it on the airwaves. I'm glad he's back in Cincinnati. The Bengals also re-signed Jalen Davis, cornerback who got pressed into duty. Last year, one year extension. And I like the way Paul Daner phrased this, James. He said the club is starting to work their way through some of the easy minor moves as things get going. But against the backdrop of the tweet we talked about yesterday indicating that agents are getting a lot more calls starting yesterday, yesterday being Tuesday. And the amount of moves that we're starting to see, Gabe Jackson will be released if he's not traded from the Raiders. Trent Brown from the Raiders, potentially on the trading block. A lot of indicators that teams are starting to get a feel for what the cap will be and starting to make moves in accordance with that.
2: There are going to be so many good veterans. You want to talk about rebuilding the offensive line. There there will be veterans released that can help make the Bengals' offensive line competent, right? And it's not just that. Cornerbacks, I'm sure there's going to be a corner or two that makes sense. We talked talked heavy on yesterday's show about potentially potentially bringing in a guy like Kyle Van Noy, there'll be a linebacker or two like that. Where we talk about edge guys, a defensive tackles, there is going to be a flood of veterans that potentially get picked up. And so, when I look at the Bengals, I do wonder about Geno Atkins. The Bengals are are a, a a very loyal organization, and if he's willing to restructure or not restructure, but just take a flat out pay cut. And and get cut and come back at a cheaper price I think there's a chance at that because of how flooded this market's gonna be I'm not saying it's likely but I think there's a chance but regardless of that I do think the Bengals can add some proven guys and really upgrade their roster even before free agency Officially opens a few weeks from now because of all these guys that are gonna get cut in the coming days in which case when that happens by the way they instantly become free agents and are free to sign with other teams
1: yeah, the way that works is a week after the Super Bowl, as Andre Perota explained on Twitter today, in combination with my explanation from yesterday when someone asked this question, the the contract of vested veterans immediately ends and they become available. Now, during the season, they have to clear waivers. We've talked about the waiver process quite a bit on this podcast. For free agents, their contracts technically don't expire until the new league year starts in a couple of weeks Uh, When when free agency opens, but for these veterans that are cut immediately available for negotiations, which is why you heard about Ricardo Allen's visit, why J.J. Watt has already signed with the team, why Tyrell Williams was able to sign with Detroit on Wednesday, and it all fits. The really interesting thing is just how many of these guys could come available. Diana Russini on Wednesday morning tweeting that she texted with an NFL head coach about upcoming cuts, and he expects it to be a massacre his words, a massacre all around the league next week. So something to keep your eye on as things heat up and we get closer to free agency. Let's talk about the specific fits for Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson as a free agent acquisition would probably step in as things exist today and be a starter for the Cincinnati Bengals. There is not a natural, for lack of a better word, right guard on this roster right now that that's an NFL starter level player. They've got Xavier Suofila, who they brought in thinking he would play right guard. He's naturally a left guard. And I think if he's on the team, that's where he's best suited to compete to start. He's a better pass blocker than run blocker and gave Jackson much the same. His play has deteriorated a little bit lately, but he's still a an average to slightly better than average, perhaps offensive guard in the NFL. And if he could be had at an affordable rate, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I think he would make the team better. I do think, though, that there are probably going to be better values out there that can make the team more better, for lack of a clean way to say it, than, than Gabe Jackson would, for just a little bit more money.
2: And, and so that's the key, is balancing out that aspect of it. We focus so much on Brandon Scherf and Joe Tooney, but there are going to be some quality guards out there that can be had for, for less. And is it better value? And, and I think that's the key word, as the Bengals – kind of map out their off plan and their free agent plan. Because to me, I would go into it kind of almost planning like you're not going to be able to get Penny Sewell at five, right? So you have to get, you know, these other options in free agency and get the proven guys. And then if he's not there, you're not banking on him and maybe he isn't the top player on your board anyway, even though a lot of people assume that. So, yeah, Gabe Jackson certainly an upgrade. Uh, I think a guy that could have been had via trade And uh, this past offseason, and and no one really went for him, so you do wonder what his market's going to be like. Uh, And and then you mentioned Trent Brown. Look, I think he's going to get released. Maybe a team is willing to give up a late-round pick. He has no guaranteed money left on that four-year, $66 million deal that he signed a couple of years ago. He's only played in 16 games for the Raiders over two years. Has been okay, but dealt with injuries. Has been a little heavy. Uh, if you're the Bengals and you can get him for one of the the seventh, say the seventh that you got from the Seahawks uh, in exchange for Carlos Dunlap, and you either rework his deal or say, heck, play it out for a year and let's see if we can get you back uh, at that level that you were at and you were playing when you were a Pro Bowler for the Patriots, maybe you do that and if it doesn't work, you just cut him and you move on. That being said, I I don't think that's likely. I think he's going to end up probably getting cut. And if he does get cut, That's just another guy that you can look at on the market and and another tackle that could probably not even probably would be an upgrade, a natural right tackle and a guy you could bring in that is good, but wouldn't wouldn't change your draft plans. And I I think that's part of it as well. Do they want to change their draft plans to potentially not take Sewell at fifth overall or do they not care? And are they just trying to upgrade the line? And I think there is a delicate balance there.
1: You got to get yourself into a position where you can pick best player available at number five as best you can. And here's my issue with trading for Trent Brown. If he becomes a free agent, by all means, he's not going to sign as big a contract as he did last time, but you can't rely on him to play right now. He had the issue with the air bubble, with the IV. He, he's he gone through it. He, he was on the COVID list last year, 380 pounds. Like you said, he, he's had issues with weight in his career at $14 million. There's no signing bonus on his deal. That is a lot of cap to allocate to a guy that has had health issues and you would be relying on. So if he's a free agent, sure, I'm interested at the right price. But as a trade target, even for a seventh rounder, there's just too much risk there to lock that much money away on the cap with Trent Brown. Coming up next, our conversation with Seth Tanner, the Cincinnati Bengals director of content. We're covering an angle we don't usually get to talk about the fan experience and what's changing with season tickets in Paul Brown Stadium.
2: There's nothing worse than unreliable transportation. And that's why we push rockauto.com. We love rockauto.com. It's something that I've used in the past here, and you've heard that on Locked On Bengals. You gotta try it, you gotta check it out. Because instead of going to the big box store and masking up and having someone plug in your car information. You can do all of that from the comfort of your own home, and you can save money doing it. All you gotta do is check them out at rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've served auto parts customers online for over two decades, and they have parts for over 300 different car manufacturers. Not car makes, right? Not car models, the manufacturers. So it doesn't matter if you drive a Dodge. It doesn't matter if you drive a Kia, a Daewoo. It does not matter. They got you covered. At rockauto.com so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com we're now
1: welcoming on to the locked on bengals podcast cincinnati bengals director of content seth tanner seth thanks for taking the time to join us today
0: hey thanks for having me guys i'm really excited to get into this and uh Really, like, I, I listen to the podcast uh, pretty frequently, and I love what you guys do. So thanks for having me on.
2: No, thanks for coming on, Seth. And at, during our preparations for this podcast, we looked up where you were beforehand. And I just, I got to ask you, what was it like to upgrade quarterbacks when you made the leap from Kansas City to Cincinnati, from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to Joe
0: Brown? <laughs> yeah, man, I love What Joe Burrow brings to the Cincinnati Bagels. He is like the most football-minded human being I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, And his seriousness in the way he approaches the game, I haven't been around a character like him ever before. So getting to interview him, getting to know him and everything, it is a very different personality type from Patrick Mahomes but he is, without a doubt, the most committed human being I've ever met in my life.
1: So you're saying we're not gonna see Joe Burrow join Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in those State Farm interviews?
0: (laughs) I think he needs a couple acting classes before he pulls that one.
1: Well, Seth, you are now the director of content for the Bengals. You've been there since March of 2020, just over a year. Congratulations on making it a year with the Bengals. You came from the Kansas City Chiefs, as we discussed before that. You were at Ole Miss UAB and in the Indianapolis Indians. But this is the first time that I see director of as your job title. Maybe I'm missing something from from your past there but you were a producer with the chiefs doing a lot of their video board content doing a lot of video production now as director of content how has that shifted your responsibilities and maybe expanded your purview with the bengals
0: so i was very game day heavy in my career before this Uh, a lot of uh focus on control room environments and uh, fan engagement inside the stadiums i did a lot of social media stuff with the uh with Kansas City Chiefs before as well. Um, and I was part of the social media committee. We did brainstorming sessions with each other uh, as well. But now my role plays a lot in several different roles, including digital, social, uh, game day entertainment, um, and then creative design and everything in between. So if it's content, it's coming from uh, our content team here that I'm responsible for. Um, so the digital world is something that I'm going to say I'm green in, but I've gotten so much experience in this past year and I'm really excited to, uh, showcase some of the things that we've learned in the last year, just in the digital space. And we haven't even like talked about that in any of our, uh, uh, press releases or anything like that. There's going to be some cool things happening on the app and on the website in the uh, coming months, but it's been a heck of a learning curve. You throw in uh, the pandemic on top of everything and just how I got started with the Bengals remotely for the first couple of months. Uh, there's been a large learning curve, but the team's been very supportive. Uh, they've helped me out along the way. And I'm just really ecstatic to, at the place we are at today compared to one year ago.
2: Can you give us a hint at any of the the changes, any of the things coming fans' way over the next couple of months digitally?
0: Digitally? um, Not exactly, but I can't (laughs) say there's going to be some featured content specifically for the app uh, to reward our app users and season ticket members.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the season ticket changes that are coming. There are three big new things, at least to my eye, involved with the season ticket packages. You've got the reserve seat membership, the canopy party pass, and the club and club lux membership. And some of those additional features are outlined on the website. And I know you guys don't want to give away everything. I'm sure you have a, a release schedule for some of the big things that you want to reveal. But can you talk about what will be appreciably different? Is it I'm assuming it's more than, you know, a a food credit and a pro shop discount because the way that it's marketed, it seems like, you know, you're really going to try to, to stoke the, well, the crazies for, to, to use your terminology up in the, up in the top sections. And Elizabeth Blackburn has talked a lot about trying to recreate the college game day experience. Can you talk about that at all? Or is that stuff that you need to keep on the down low?
0: So I. Like I said, man, I'm a big game day entertainment thing. I think anybody that comes to the game is going to get this uh, uh, injection of energy going into there. And we want to make every level feel like it's a specific experience uh, when you come into that building. So we like you've been up in the 300 level like they earn their name. They're fun. They're a wild bunch. Uh, You get like everybody has a story from when they walk away from the 300 level. Uh, I think what we're going to do is play to those strengths and inject a level of uh, fan engagement in those different places. So you'll see a lot more where we're playing to traditions, uh, create, uh, even creating new traditions for these different areas that the fans can really latch on to and feel like their section is special. Like there's a reason why I'm up here. There's a reason why I'm over in the end zone.
1: We'll continue to try to pry some secrets out of the mind of Seth Tanner, Bengals Director of Content, coming up next. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You've got NFL draft props. We've been telling you about them for weeks. They've also got the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL in full swing. They even cover awards TV shows and reality TV. They cover the entire gamut. Of sports betting, they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and it's free to sign up. Right now, our listeners can get a 50% welcome bonus on their first deposit when you sign up today on your mobile device or on your computer. Use promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They've got you covered for news, scores, and odds. Go check them out today. Bet online, your
2: online sportsbook experts. Seth was it i think there's been a lot of bad obviously that came out of the pandemic certainly some good i think virtually us being able to communicate like this right and everyone getting you know comfortable that's one of the blessings right was it a almost a blessing in disguise now looking back that there were a limited number of fans so you have essentially a whole year to start planning out that game day experience and mapping out what you guys want to do instead of not necessarily rushing it but now you can be extremely, extremely prepared for when hopefully fans return later this year.
0: I'm gonna put myself out on a limb here, so bear with me when I say this. I wish the pandemic never happened. Like sure. I, <laughs> I would never say like having less fans is an ideal situation because I love nothing more than that energy that you get when. Uh, the right video hits at the right time. And suddenly everybody's screaming their uh, lungs out and you're collectively trying to influence a game. I will say that we focused on the digital social space and it gave me a lot of runway to really focus on those things. And now it is time for game day entertainment. So if you wanna say blessing in disguise, yeah, sure, there's a silver lining to everything, but man, I really prefer that we just have full stadiums uh, going throughout 2020. And I'm really hopeful that's going to be the case in 2021.
1: It looks like things may be going that way, depending on how this vaccine rollout continues. But this is a football podcast, not a public health podcast. So <laughs> I just want to talk about this this little excerpt that Emily sent me. She said, or you said, there's nothing more satisfying than fireworks showering overhead as a couple of F-15s buzz a stadium filled with cheering fans. Where did that idea come from and, and where did the passion for game day experience come from? Because I feel like that is such a niche. I mean, you talked about the, the Cirque du Soleil experience. Is, <laughs> is that something, you, you know, you went to the circus when you were a kid? I love Cirque du Soleil. I've been to several shows. And is that something, you know, you, you went to a show, you had a great time. You're like, I want to bring this to, to football because I really like football, too. Or how did that happen for you?
0: So there is an interesting sort of thing happening in the, uh, in the sports presentation world. And I, I believe there is a level of showmanship that is on the horizon for us. Uh, I, I think the Vegas Knights are probably the uh, um, pioneers of that world with what is seems like a 30-minute just spectacle that they put on before uh, they face off at the beginning of uh, each of their matches. It's something that I recognize that we might be heading in that direction. Like, sometimes videos don't cut it. And I'm curious as to what the next 10, 15 years are going to look like. And I say that concept of, like, Cirque du Soleil, Dancers coming off the canopies as like a tongue-in-cheek joke, but I, I'm kind of not kidding. Like there, that might be in the near uh, near future for a lot of sports presentations. So when I throw out these ridiculous brainstorm ideas, uh, of course I, I need people to reel me back in, get me backgrounded, grounded, and get back to discussing it. But it's always sitting in the back of my mind, and I'm waiting for somebody to really be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's see what that's going to look like.
2: What's the craziest idea that you've dropped in a meeting? Can you give it to us? Can you, uh,
0: that, that one's pretty much up there, but the craziest idea that I've ever done, uh, like we actually did it and I hated every second of it. Uh, I, we built a Rube Goldberg machine back in Kansas city for the schedule release. And it wasn't just some tiny Rube Goldberg machine. It was like a, three and a half minute video Rube Goldberg machine with like hammers coming down and like pulleys going up. It was (laughs) the worst five and a half days of my entire life. And tears were poured. Like I yelled several times. I didn't think we were going to get it out. Like there was a backup video in case we didn't get it out. (laughs) It was just an absolute mess. So I understand that my ambition gets the best of me sometimes, but I think that is something good to have about yourself you you always want to reach for the stars and uh if you come up wow i sound like an after school special right now but if you come up short like that's fine just try it
1: just to give you guys an idea we're on video with seth right now and and the energy and and he's just smiling a lot just so everybody knows i'm sure you can hear it in the way he's talking he's clearly very passionate about what he's talking about he enjoys this stuff and that's infectious. It's a lot of fun to see somebody that creative and and it's encouraging for for those of us that have been around the organization for a really long time to see this infusion of energy. I think that that's a big theme with, you know, some of Elizabeth's appearances. There's a lot of energy and fans are rallying behind that. She also said, you know, she's talking about football as well. She's saying that the wins are are the number one priority. As far as your engagement with the football operations side of things, how does that world overlap for you? And, and what do you take from them? What do they take from you? And can you talk a little bit about that connection?
0: Yeah, I have good relationships with a lot of the players. Uh, they're texting me for videos, photos, and things like that. They love to see the changes that we're making on social media. They really respond to uh, some of the videos that we put out for like specific guys. Clark Harris loves us. He, that guy is hilarious to me and I love that he like feeds off of our energy coming from the content department and here's where it all plays together like I want to make Paul Brown Stadium a home field advantage I want people to be scared to come in I won't feel like I am successful at my job until we have people yelling on first second and third down while we're on defense every single play period Like I want that energy from the fan base. Uh, If we're not inflicting as much confusion on the opposing team, then I don't feel like I've done my job to get the fans energetic enough or uh, hyped enough going into a game. And that's where we got to be. And that feeds off of the team playing well. And that comes off of the fans uh, reciprocating that energy back towards them. So that's the goal. If you really want to know what my like five year goal is, that's totally it.
2: That's fair. No, I I love that. I think fans probably love that idea as well. How I got this a lot with with the Reds, uh, probably over the past eight or nine years, and uh, they've had their fair share of struggles, but they're they're really good. I think in the in game entertainment and and stuff like that that you're talking about, and and so how is it, how are they connected, right? The the success on the field or not on the field, it's better coming from you than me versus the in-game experience and what you do in social media and all of those stuff. Where's the communication there between the football side and, and your side of the building?
0: With, I mean, I'm on the content side of things. Like I, I want them to win so badly and I like, it's going to help me out so much with our content. I... Love the team that we have. These guys are uh, nose to the grindstone type of guys. And I am 100% bought in on those wins are going to come. I'm bought into the system because I see what these guys do day in, day out. I am so excited to see what 2021 is going to bring for us. But yeah, this is a synergy, man. This is, uh, we can deliver better content when the team is performing at their best. So I'm ready for it.
1: Last question, Seth, and then we'll let you go. I think something that I've thought for a long time is that I would like to see more opportunities for the community around the team to get some interfacing, to get some some events for, you know, fans of the team, not even necessarily season ticket holders, because a lot of people obviously in different financial situations are in different places. Is part of this push going to be more community interfacing, more opportunities for fans of the team to get involved with the team in different ways?
0: Oh, you'll just have to wait and see, man. I got my secrets.
1: I got to try to pry them out of you one way or another. <laughs> Seth Tanner, Cincinnati Bengals Director of Content. We really appreciate the time.
0: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.
1: You know, James, if I've learned anything from our recent conversations with Bengals employees, it's that we have a great podcast. They love us. <laughs>
2: You're right. I mean, what Zach Taylor listens, Brian Callahan listens, Seth Tanner listens. I don't know who the biggest name is on that list, but it's a, it's a pretty good trio.
1: Imagine being a Bengals fan and not listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Couldn't be me. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast tomorrow. We're back with the weekend mailbag until then Bengals fans who day and have a good one.